Hello, and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Tuesday, November 14th, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my neighbor Max. How's it going, my friend? I think I've got the giggles under control after your pre-live countdown antics. Uh, I'm doing well. I know we haven't been in contact as much as we'd both like, so maybe it's not jumping out to you on camera, but I shaved just before hopping on the pod. So looking at a lot more of my face than I've been used to in the last like three or so weeks since I've gone by Amir. Um, still got the stubble and the compromise so that it's not just like a forest to straight baby face. Very rugged, I might thank say. You, thank you. No moustache. No, I've never attempted that one to date. Okay, that's a good thing to just shout out. Neither of us appears are doing it, but please donate to any friends who you have due in November. Shout out, especially. It's a great month for them to do it. November is a terrible month here in Canada. Hmm. The days end at 5 p.m. It gets dark early. We don't actually have any holidays. In fact, the one holiday that some of the provinces get is a Memorial Day for our veterans that served. And so, very important day, but it doesn't really lift anyone's spirits. And um, some people think it's appropriate to play Christmas music directly after that holiday, making the month even worse. Well, for some. that that For some of us, that's an escape. But uh, November is a tough month. Generally, um, men's mental health doesn't get talked about enough. So please, if you have friends due in November this year, feel uh, please donate to those causes. And uh, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll kick off the podcast because we've got a lot to talk about here on a Tuesday evening. And we can start, of course, with the NFL recap now that I, uh, I normally start it right before we see Monday Night Football. But lucky for me, I get to do it the day after the Denver Broncos extend their winning streak to three games oh. in a row. Is is the season back on life support after being in the more the tomb? We are so back. We are so back. All right. Four and five on the season. Right in the hunt here. The team in seventh place in that final playoff spot, five and four. Now there are seven teams that separate the Broncos from that five and four team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a absolute can of sardines in the AFC. The Broncos are <clears throat> 14th out of 16 teams in the conference and are one game out of a playoff spot. Wow. So that says anything about the parity that we have in that conference this year. Uh, It is going to be a tight race to the very end. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing some better football games since they started. I think it was one and four on the season with like an easy strength of schedule. eh? Giving up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. Right. I remember that one. Since then, they have allowed uh, 16 points per game, which is the best in the NFL over that stretch. So the defense has started to figure things out. Russ is not killing us. We played turnover-free football last night, and we're able to generate some of our own against Josh Allen, who is on a bit of a streak right now, Buffalo fans. Avert your eyes with the interceptions coming in six straight games now. Uh, it's... Something you kind of got to live with with him. Uh, one of the interceptions, not really his fault, flew in and out of Gabe Davis's hands. But yeah, tough, tough 
maybe penalty call, maybe not near the end uh, that that I will gladly take and run with because the Broncos haven't been in the playoffs since 2015. And so uh, just exciting here down the final stretch to, to see what happens. And shout out to my coworkers. So friends of mine went to a local spot called Winks. Uh, on Monday nights, they do a uh, football jersey raffle at halftime. Buddy of mine won a Jalen Hurts jersey. Brought me the next time I won the Justin Herbert Chargers jersey that you saw a couple weeks ago. Then I took my coworkers, and one of them won the Aaron Rodgers Jets jersey. And oh then they God. finally went without me, just my coworkers, and another one won the Russell Wilson Broncos jersey. So the streak is at four right now. Yeah, this is starting to stretch the probabilities of coincidences here and make me want to look into something. I know, it's quite unbelievable. Um, Ignore the transactions in my checking account from the last few weeks. And uh, and yeah, we'll just say it's it's good luck. But yeah, just a fun little streak to keep going. And I'm happy to have that streak on my side and as well as this Broncos win streak as well. Uh, great way to end a fantastic football weekend that saw a lot of walk-off field goals. A couple of those games included the Browns mounting a 14-point comeback against the Baltimore Ravens and beating them 33-31. to Baltimore was coming off a game where many people were claiming that they were the best team in the AFC. You have to throw everything out with these AFC North games. You could have the best team in the league against the worst team in the league. Browns are far from the worst team in the league. But AFC North, it doesn't matter. The teams, the venue, the spread, it's just going to always be chaos. And the Browns get a massive win here over the Ravens uh, and uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. It's still all four teams in the AFC North over 500. Despite the Cincinnati Bengals, losing to the Houston Texans and the Texans vaulting them to take that last spot in the wild card right now. They stun them uh, with a late drive that ends in a walk-off field goal and Cincinnati, who is on a bit of a roll of their own, loses a important game for playoff seating. And so that is a, that is a tough one to take. Meanwhile, uh, the Steelers do take care of the Packers in their game. So they're at six and three somehow, even though they have, not had the greatest offense this season. Have to touch on the Germany game. New England Patriots now are two and seven on the season and lose a absolute reverse barn burner, just an ugly game of football, 10 to six against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I feel bad for anyone who spent a large sum of money to travel overseas and go watch that game. Uh, just not a great game uh to kick off everyone's sunday especially if you woke up early for it on the west coast but then you did get to see your 49ers go into jacksonville and destroy the jaguars and that was kind of the game of the week coming in and the niners only gave up i think less than 10 points i can't remember now six or three points to the jaguars uh totally shut down trevor lawrence who looked helpless in this one and uh, the 49ers tried to give Christian McCaffrey his record-setting 18th straight game with a touchdown, but they couldn't get that done despite all the other success they had on offense, and they're definitely back in a big way in the playoff picture. 
The Detroit Lions reestablished their winning ways with a shootout win over the Chargers, 41-38. to Kyler Murray finally back from injury uh, off the uh, on active list and, and wins his first game against the Atlanta Falcons. It, it's always so funny to see the jokes of how small he is, but he is so lightning quick all over the field. It's really hard to bring him down. And so just the NFL is better when he's back and making entertaining plays like that. The Dallas Cowboys throttle the Giants. Daniel Jones out for the season, we knew from last weekend, but this Tommy DeVito guy is not an NFL caliber quarterback, and he got eaten alive by the Cowboys, who took care of business. And their strength of schedule is not that scary. They have a couple of tough games coming up here, but it's realistic, despite some of their big losses against the 49ers and the Eagles, that they could still come back into this playoff picture and try and snag the two or the three seed. All right. And then last game here to chat about includes my fantasy player of the week. Tried to pick him up in both leagues, got beat on waiver priority in one, but Josh Dobbs, right? Traded to the Minnesota Vikings after Kirk Cousins went down for the season. Last week, jumped in with basically no knowledge of the play calls, no knowledge of the snap count, no knowledge of any of his players' names, and led game winning drives <laughs> against the Saints. Or, and then this week, they get another win, and he is just he has a great performance. 25 fantasy points, just QB1-type behavior. He is actually going to be really exciting to watch, especially once Justin Jefferson is back and healthy. I'm really high on the potential of this Vikings team now that has climbed their way back into a playoff spot after starting the season 0-4. So there you have it. There's my wrap-up of the NFL Week 10. Really exciting here. We're in the stretch run of fantasy now. Four weeks left until the playoffs. My teams are not great. So spoiler warning, might not get playoff analysis for fantasy. (laughs) But uh, really, really fun football season and lots to look at, especially in that AFC about who is going to land in those three wildcard spots. Very interesting. Heating up, looking forward to next week, or I guess probably not next week. It'll be really interesting to catch up after the break coming up. Oh yeah, maybe I'll maybe have to throw in a solo pod. Ooh, man, you you are better at those than I am. I just I just spitball. I just monologue. Yeah, I, uh, I've tried, and it just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, speaking of not going anywhere, Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. And if they are going somewhere, it is down the standings. They have not been great this year. The vibes are off. Uh, Even after getting rid of Daryl Sutter, the mood has not changed there in Calgary. Jonathan Huberto is having the worst start to any one of his seasons. And only, I think, three years removed from a 40-goal year, setting the all-time points record in a season for a left winger. And now he gets benched for an entire third period. Like, it's just, it's really bad there in Calgary. And the Leafs were lucky that they caught them on Sat- on Friday night because they were coming off a really, really poor stretch of games where they narrowly avoided losing five in a row, then proceeded to lose the next game, and then finally got on back on track with their winning ways with a, a doubleheader win in the shootout against Calgary. And then a dominating performance against the Vancouver Canucks, where they win five to two. And 
the top guys have been slinging, like William Nylander. I'm so excited to see him carve up whoever they play in Sweden next week because he is, he's been their best player consistently, night to night, mm-hmm. even better than Matthews. Uh, phenomenal what he's doing. He's actually starting to get penalty kill minutes as well, which is Jeez. something you never, ever would have thought, even no. as, as early as last year. And then after that, they're getting stuff clicking, right? Like the big four are doing their thing on the top two lines, but they figured out this third line with Domi, either Robertson or Nyes and Yarncroke. And they're starting to actually get some punch from the third line. They don't need to be perfect and they don't need to be a shutdown line. They just need to have slightly more positives than negatives on a night-to-night basis because your top six will carry you to wins if you just get net positive play from your third line. And they've started to figure out some chemistry, play together. Uh, I mean, it's going to take a couple games with Domi new to the team, Robertson not having played a ton of hockey in the past two, three seasons with injuries. Uh, Yarncroke really the only staple there, and it's his only his second year on the team. <clears throat> so great to see them starting to work, and it allows us to shift down David Kampf to the fourth line uh, and work with Holmberg or work with Noah Gregor or occasionally Ryan Reeves, who a lot of people are looking to get sent down to the minors with how how he's been performing. But we can kind of skip over that as uh, the Leafs back on their winning ways. With a, a big road trip coming up, it'll be fun to see who they play in Sweden. I think it's Detroit. Oh, that's a great game because a lot yeah. of great Swedish players yeah. played for the Red Wings. And that's going to be on Friday, Friday at 2 p.m. Yeah. Wonder who will be. I mean, Zetterberg's got to be in attendance. Yeah. Lidstrom. They, they could pack the building if they wanted to. Yeah. And then Nylander's going to get raucous oh yeah very very fun gonna have to tune into that one on friday and then the other story to note is one connor bedard who is outplaying his connor counterpart in recent weeks edmonton scuffling we can skip over that and just highlight the unbelievable streak that this uh first overall rookie sensation is on six goals in six games He's really starting to get his confidence at the NHL level, right? I think he put up, he averaged over two points per game in the WHL. So once he gets rolling, you know, he can just score with the best of them. But the play he had the other night where he picked the defenseman's pocket by the net. And then rather than trying to like slide a pass or make a move, he just lifted the puck up above the goalie's shoulder from almost the baseline of the ice and sniped it into the top of the netting. Just some really, really special stuff from the kid. And I've just been loving to watch him, even though I'm trying to catch as little Chicago Blackhawks hockey as I can. Yeah, it's a tough dilemma, but we there's, we knew how special this kid would be. We've been saying it on this podcast for two plus years now. Um, the gap between individual success and team success sometimes feels greatest in the NHL with how shifts work. So maybe your solace is there for now for the Blackhawks. Also hope to see that shine at some point, but... Man, it, it's exciting. There's new blood getting injected all the time in a lot of sports. Oh, yeah. We'll keep our tabs on it. I think here we'll actually move into tennis. 
okay. just to break things up and we'll finish up with a little bit of basketball. Yeah, a couple things. The ATP finals are currently underway. Novak Djokovic needed to win one match at this event all week in order to secure a guarantee uh, ending the season ranked in the number one spot. He did that on Monday with a long three-setter over Holger Rune. Uh, that brings the head-to-head back in his favor, having him beaten him in Paris just a couple weeks ago. He's now three and two. Two and two in recent years, um, which should be an interesting headline heading into next year. Uh, Djokovic then played another three-hour, three-set, third-set tiebreak ending match against Yannick Sinner, who finally ended a 19-match win streak from Djokovic. Uh, on the other side, Alex Zverev able to take out Carlitos Alcaraz and actually uh, get one up on the head-to-head there. Daniel Medvedev continues to just have such an edge over Andre Rublev. Uh, the easy pickings was like for a Djokovic Sinner to move on, Alcaraz Medvedev to move on. I think two of those or three of those four looking quite likely. Alcaraz and Rublev will be playing their first ever match later this week, which is really exciting. Um, so pending that will result, we'll see if Alcaraz can uh, get back on at Zverev and try and make it a little further in his first ATP finals level event, which will all be going on this week. And then the other quick tennis news, I don't know if you heard anything about this, Owen, but less than a year after Canada wins the Davis Cup for the first time in the country's history, the men's international tennis event, the women's Canadian team wins the Billie Jean King Cup. Um, I knew they were in the finals. I didn't know that they had won it. Yeah, so a bit a very quick, intense um, event where just the best players for a couple of days is all you need to be. And uh, Canada wins its two group matches against Poland and Spain, three nothing, three nothing. Leila Annie Fernandez and remember this name, Marina Stakusic, uh, an eighteen-year-old from Mississauga gets the starts to play the first match each game she wins her matches uh against poland and spain i can't remember the players she played Leila stays hot and then Jeannie bouchard also getting back to some winning ways she plays doubles with gabrielle dabrowski Mm. uh so three nothing three nothing there uh that i think the tournament favorites were probably the Czechian team whom canada matched up against in the semifinals. i think they have the best women's program in the world right now they have the most female players in the top 10 the top 30. um marketa von Drusova, this year's wimbledon champion one of the members in attendance uh leila annie fernandez able to beat her Marina Stakushas did lose to her top 10 opponent, Barbara Kaishevich, in that one. But Leila, who is no double slouch on her own and was present at the WTA finals this year, I think, for doubles. Gabrielle Dabrowski certainly was. Uh, the two of them are able to handle the doubles tie-breaking match. And then uh, Stakusic gets another win against Treyova, Trevina. Uh, in the finals, and then Layla is able to seal the deal. So, just l- some familiar names, a new name, a lot of winning, a really great week for these women. Uh, congratulations! And it's 
lovely timing with the men's event international or group play tennis almost feels like a different sport than individual uh it's really fun to see canada having success on the biggest stages in that event hell yeah go canada All right, we'll wrap it up here with some basketball storylines. We've got a couple of teams absolutely balling, and then a couple of teams not so much. We'll finish with some shout-outs that I've enjoyed the last week or so uh, and 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 kind of wrap things up from there. So two teams on the rise here. Both teams have some size to them, which is intriguing to see uh in this modern nba with a lot of length but not height and and shooting and skill it's dominated right now by a couple of centers and then a couple of young potential all nba stars here i'm talking the philadelphia 76ers in the east and the minnesota timberwolves in the west the timberwolves now i believe have won five in a row they play golden state shortly in their second of two games in a row with them. And we'll try to extend that streak. And the Philadelphia 76ers have won seven in a row. Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. He's doing his thing. But getting rid of James Harden has allowed the ball to spread out. Nick Nurse's offense a lot cleaner when the ball isn't sticking. Batum and Covington are serviceable players right now that they got in that trade. And then it's Tyrese Maxey, who is playing out of his mind. Shooting, we talked about it early in the season. He was shooting over 50% from three. He's cooled off marginally, but the dribble handoffs and the perimeter-oriented setup of the plays getting him in motion, he's just too quick for anyone to handle on the perimeter right now. He's blowing by dudes. He's stepping back into threes. And when you have a guy like Joel Embiid setting a screen and having that gravity on the offensive side of the floor, it's just going to open up so much more for him. He's been a phenomenal player so far, and it was capped off by a 50-point performance the other night uh, that he dedicated to Kelly Oubre, who uh, was hit by a car in Philadelphia in a hit and run and has spent uh, the last few days in the hospital. So crazy that that's another key contributor they had early in the year that they haven't been able to use recently and they're still rolling so shout out to philadelphia there uh the biggest win of their seven came against those boston celtics who we didn't think Mm -hmm. was gonna lose at the start of the season but uh mcdaniels was a real problem for jason tatum in that game and of course Embiid. did no one has an answer for joel Embiid right in this league on the other side the timberwolves that connection where we thought potentially it was possible for Towns and Gobert to play together was not the case last year. I think they're starting to get some of that chemistry down. Carl Anthony Towns is better at the four, at least defensively, because he just cannot protect the rim against other bigs, and he's not a great pick-and-roll defender. But as a four where he can kind of hang out either in the corner on defense or not get involved as, as in as many actions, he can really focus on absolutely lighting up teams and being a matchup nightmare on the offensive end. If you put a four on him, he's too big and strong. And if you put a five on him, he's going to spread you out and he's going to shoot threes in your face. 
Uh, he's an unbelievable shooter. No matter what you have to say about Carl Anthony Towns, he's been a really big factor for them this year. Gobert, having a vintage Gobert interior defense, uh, he's obviously going to get cooked from time to time. And the two biggest highlights from this past week were him getting dunked on and then getting shifted by Steph Curry. But, I mean, you're going to be in highlights when you're playing defense on every possession. And then you add to that, Two of the best perimeter defenders in the game right now, Jalen McDaniels, the other McDaniels, locks up everything near him, right? And then Anthony Edwards. And I think I talked about it last week that he had that stretch against the Boston Celtics. Again, all these top teams are beating Boston. It's a it's a watermark for how good you are. But when he has that stretch where he's locked in, he's one of the best 15 players on the floor, offense and defense. And he's only in the 23rd percentile in isolation scoring right now. So he's averaging 28, 5, and 6 without even taking that final step in his game to become that true scorer. And the, and the evidence showed, like, Sunday night, Draymond Green fouls him in transition, gets right up in his face. What are you going to do about it? A lot more expletives in there than, than I can reiterate. Uh, and, and Edward shakes it off at the line, just says, ain't nobody scared of you no more. Love that. And just giving the trash talk back, Draymond says, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Anthony Edwards proceeds to score clutch bucket after clutch bucket in the face of Curry, in the face of Wiggins, in the face of Draymond, and continues to talk back, and the Wolves get a big win there on the road in Golden State. It's just he is not scared of anyone right now. He's the most athletic dude on the floor every night. And it's just so cool to watch his elevation right now as, as an all NBA type player. So Wolves, Sixers must watch teams right now in the early days. And I'm tapped in two teams on the downswing. Those aforementioned warriors, Steph Curry has outscored his second highest teammate by double points five times already this season. Mm-hmm. And only one other warrior has scored more than 20 points so far this season. That was Dario Saric. So they're not getting enough from Thompson, not getting enough from Wiggins, not getting enough from who else you can get scoring from, right? Yeah. And the Warriors aren't getting that right now from anyone except Seth Curry. They've gone one in five in their last six, and they are scuffling. The other team I wanted to mention is the Los Angeles Clippers. They are minus 20-ish when James Harden is on the floor, and they are plus 40 when he is off the floor. So about a 60-point swing in the five games that he's been on the team. They've gone 0-5. It's just brutal, some of the stuff that he is doing there, passing up open shots to pump fake, take a dribble, then shoot, and get swatted. <laughs> it's, 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 it's gross. It's horrendous. Um, can't watch them right now until they get that figured out. but. Yeah, it just why would they make that trade? Who knows? It's it's shocking, shocking stuff, really. All right, we got to give some shout outs here. This last week was loving Mark Williams play for the Charlotte Hornets. They're not winning a ton, but the dude is a beast on the boards and throws down dunks with such ferocity. I haven't seen someone who dunks as hard as he does, except maybe his teammate, Nick Richards, who comes off the bench. And I think they have a competition internally about who can dunk the ball harder. And I know they played the Wizards in the game where I saw him get 21 rebounds, but 
I mean, 21 rebounds is 21 rebounds. And uh, yeah, just really impressive early stuff from Mark Williams. He fills a lot of needs from any team that would be looking for a center. Speaking of centers, Alperin Shengun mm-hmm. goes tip for tat with Nikola Jokic the other day as the Rockets get their sixth straight win. Don't look now, Houston Rockets, fourth in the Western Conference. Something about mm-hmm. Emu Udoka and Fred Van Vliet. Those guys are just winners. And Dylan Brooks. <laughs> There's just so many teams with so much talent. It feels oh, like whatever team breaks so out, good. it's going to be like, of course they did. Like it was their moment, but like it's so good. It's, it's 80% it. of the team's moment right now. And it's like, which one comes through? And I know the Cavs, everyone thought they were the next team. They're four and six to start mm-hmm. the season. Like, yeah, just that was something I noticed yesterday. But Alperin Sengun, I think he went 23, eight and eight against Nikola Jokic in that win. Um, he's just turned it on. He's shooting it from deep. He's got the post game. We always knew that, but the playmaking as well looks really, really good. Uh, he's on a track to ascend to actually maybe be the best out of all of those Rockets draft picks, which is something to behold. Uh, really, really fun to watch him early days. Asar Thompson has looked like a great fit there for the Pistons. I mentioned Jalen Duran last week. Asar Thompson is in the top three in all rookie categories. So that's points, assists, rebounds, steals, and blocks. So he's doing a little bit of everything for Detroit. Likely won't win Rookie of the Year going up against Chet and Wemby, but someone to note for sure as an athletic specimen that's fit well with Cade and Duran in the early days. And then had to mention our boy J-Dub. OKC is a team that a lot of people are high on, speaking of teams whose time it is now. I think you've got to say the full name. (laughs) Jalen Williams. 31 points the other night for OKC in their win over the Phoenix Suns, taking it at Kevin Durant, scoring all over the floor and and not forcing his shot. Like that was such a great thing about it is he got 31 kind of within the flow of the offense. And if they were late in the clock, he could create something, but you also have SGA on that team who can mm-hmm. always get to the basket. And and OKC gets a big win there uh, in, in Phoenix and just, yeah, Jalen Williams. Athletic specimen fits so well in there. It's unfortunate, but right now, like Josh Giddy looks like the odd man out. And yeah. if OKC thinks they really have a shot, they got to make a move either to fill his spot or the Chet Holmgren spot. Maybe you move him to the four. It doesn't look like he has enough weight or size in there yet to contend with some of those best centers that you'll need to be- beat in the playoffs. But um, yeah, Jalen Williams, they hit on him big time. And, and been really fun to watch him play. We'll finish up with a, just touching briefly on the Raptors as they had a 23-point comeback yesterday uh, against the Washington Wizards. Pascal Siakam. in one run. Yeah. Pascal finally broke out for 39 points. And I think the Wizards didn't score for the last six minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Poverty franchise. Like just, it's, it's going to be a rough year for them, but Raptors get a nice character win here as that is a game on the schedule that you have to win. Um, I think they've got Boston again, coming up who throttled them on the weekend. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's now or never time. That's the watermark team to beat. And uh, the Raptors are likely going to kind of tread water for most of the season. But if they can start to figure out, balancing the workload of OG, Scotty, and Pascal. All three of those guys can be your best player night to night. And 
they're all assets that every team would want. So you keep trying to push those three together working. And if they can't, you'll get quite a, a load of assets back for one of them at some point. And I love all three of them and I want it to work. Uh, yeah. 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 Just even when Pascal's going off for 39, like Scotty had 19, nine and four last night. Mm-hmm. He just, he impacts the game on so many levels. And then OG's one of the best defenders in the league. So it's just yeah. like the versatility uh, yeah, of yeah. each player taunts me. But like, if it was three guys who just were really good, like spot up three point shooters, it would be like, okay, surely you can't, you need different people to do different roles, but they can all do different but all three guys can do so many different things that you want it to be like if one guy is in ch- charge of ball handling and playmaking, the other guys should both be able to spot up shooter, present an option in the post. Uh, and like the defense potential speaks for itself. I, yeah. 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 And seeing uh, OG out, Malachi and Dick Grady getting more minutes. Um, than prospects were getting last year gives me some hope that even a middling season will be building to something. Yeah, it seems like Darko's figured out a bit of a role for both of those players. And I've really loved, I mean, Grady, you knew what he was going to give you offensively from his time at Kansas, but I've loved the defensive intensity he's shown in the early days. Like a guy maybe not touted for his defense, but he's working hard and he has enough length to hang with some of these guys. So uh, keep getting him the reps because uh, he could be a valuable contributor down the line. And and yeah, just fun early days for the Raptors. That's all I really want. Yeah. Win your games at home, have a winning home record, and be in and around the playoff picture is all I really could ask for out of this season. And like let's hope to know what the team direction and identity is from the end. Yeah. We've been middling now for a couple seasons. It might be time to finally pick a direction. Yeah. I'm willing to chalk some up to the nurse system rusting out and falling, but it's a chance for a fresh start. So got to see that taken advantage of and, I say that as someone whose favorite player is OG, who's been the quietest of that threesome so far. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, I don't know if OG's a fit in OKC, but Pirtle definitely could be be interesting. Mm. Um, OG would be someone that the Lakers would die for. I mean, every team wants yeah. someone who can play really as a top defender in the league, above average three-point shooting, and like, can on occasion create his own shot and play make. Yeah, fuck, let's not get rid of him. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times today. Great podcast. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Max. Want to thank everyone for listening. Please donate to Movember if. Uh, if you haven't done so already and uh, we'll keep rocking and rolling here through, we're now going to hit the middle of November by the time this pod is out tomorrow. Crazy how time flies. Max is looking forward to a little vacay in California. And then when he is back, I will be off to the Dominican Republic. So you may not hear us for a couple of weeks, who knows, but uh, I want to thank everyone for continuing to listen and I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. Thank you. Said it all there, bud. Till next time, whenever that is, Sports Next Door signing out.